thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on stories of the week. Okay, so the question is, how are we going to prepare ourselves for a future which just feels bleaker by the day? It certainly feels darker. And that, of course, is because of load shedding six. So the question is, how do we keep our sense of humor? Do we keep our sense of humor? Is it time for us to just lose our sense of humor altogether? Or is it time to to be a little bit more mischievous. Now, I hadn't thought of mischievous. I hadn't thought of that word in a long time because you always think of mischievous as being a child. A child is mischievous where they do something kind of naughty but kind of funny. And what is that about? And there was a brilliant article in the Business Live on the website, businesslive.co.za, called In Solemn Praise of Mischief. Alex Moran is a Leverholm, Dr. Alex Moran is a Leverholm Early Career Research Fellow, and he's from the Faculty of Philosophy at the University of Oxford. It's with great delight that we're going to talk about how we need humor and uh, what it means to be human with humor wit and even mischief. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Good morning. What a great read. And uh, it certainly lifted my spirits when I read it. I wonder if you could just um, first briefly explain to our listeners the difference between being mischievous and between humor. Sure. So um, I'm glad you liked the article. Um, I suppose uh, being mischievous is is just one way of several ways of uh, uh, sort of acting out a sense of humor or of having a sense of humor. You know, you can be humorous in various ways. You can tell jokes. You can you know, pull silly faces. And what one one way is to is to be mischievous. Um, the question, of course, is what exactly it is to be mischievous. You mentioned before that um, you associate this with, with something children do, and in a way, that's right. Children are mischievous, but I think. Um, Children often have an excellent sense of humor, and it's a shame that many of us lose that uh, as we grow up. And I think adults can be mischievous too, as the article brings out, and often to sort of uh, great effect, you know, to, to the delight of those around them. So let's talk about the function of uh, being mischievous in society. And, and the reason I say the function is because I think that it may um, offer us the ability to breathe differently to and I don't mean that physically but also maybe physically but just to just take a deep breath when things are really really tough around us how do, how does it work and how can it play out in a world when things are very difficult no that's absolutely right so I mean we do live in a world where you know, people are in many ways anxious anxious about jobs anxious about you know all sorts of things um and one way of kind of coping is is indeed via um, having a sense of humor and you know as I'd like to put it uh, being silly and being mischievous and that can really be uh, one way to as you, you put it very nicely when you say to sort of take a breath and uh, remember that you know we're not just on the planet to work we're also here to have to have a good time and I think one way of doing that is through uh, mischief and, and humor but I also mentioned in the article you know you asked part of your question was what the function of mischief might be, and I think it can have various kind of um, specific effects. So one one thing I mentioned in the article is um, it can have a sort of political effect. So I was thinking about satire, and mm. I think you might think about satire as being a sort of political mischief. Um, you know, it's it's a way of poking fun at authority figures. Um, I, I cite Jonathan Swift's case of uh, 
you know, his, his sort of satire is a great example. Um, even political protests of a certain kind can be humorous and to some extent mischievous. Um, so you might think of it as having sort of a, a, sort of a spiritual function in one sense, you know, keeping people lighthearted and um, giving us kind of a respite from a stressful world, but also I think it might have more direct practical applications. So, you know, Dr. Moran, why, I, one of the reasons I really liked this article, there were lots of reasons, but one of them was this idea that it shifted my, um, how I framed the concept of mischievous. That, that I've often thought if someone says, oh, that person is really mischievous, that, that there might be something mean-spirited in its approach. And yet what you say quite clearly is that to be mischievous is not necessarily a mean-spiritedness. It might be something slightly naughty or slightly different, but it's not, it doesn't have a mean spirit to it. Absolutely. I think, um, and this is a point that I spent a while thinking about, but the conclusion I came to is that at least as I understand it, mischief very much isn't uh, mean-spirited. In fact, you know, there are various kinds of troublemaking, and mischief is just one of them. When your troublemaking becomes, um, if it's causing too much damage or if it's mean-spirited or if it's out to hurt somebody, I think at that point it's no longer mischief. I think it's something more serious and more unpleasant. I think mischief is, is by nature um, light-hearted, and that kind of prevents it from being um, you know, mean-spirited. And that's why I associate it with, with, with humor and with, with, with lightheartedness. And that's why I think it, um, you know, could, could have various kind of positive effects. Somebody mentioned in, in one of the comments to the article on one of the platforms, you know, um, what do I think about kind of punishing children for mischief? And maybe we should be a little more uh, easygoing with mischievous children. And I think, you know, to some extent, that's right. Where the mischief is not kind of ill-intended and where it's not mean-spirited. Yeah, perhaps to some extent in children it can be at least tolerated if not if not encouraged. So we do have to go to a break, but when we come back from the break, I'd like to, to maybe describe a couple of the um, examples that you quote in your uh, in your article. I mean, there is also one particularly bizarre quote of the skeleton that is at the university. Oh, yes. Perhaps you could just, when we come back from the break, you could just tell us a little bit about that. 7.51, like a sudden uh, mischievous te technology is what I would call what just happened there. We've got Dr. Alex Moran on the line. He's a Leverholm Early Career Research Fellow at the Faculty of Philosophy at the University of Oxford. He wrote an article in praise of mischief. And uh, as one of our listeners, I think it's Kat, said, um, a, a lovely concept and the world needs more jesters. And uh, the concept was how we look at mischief, what it is, and how it may even uh, impact our really being human as well. I've asked Dr. Moran to give us an example at the university uh, that I think is bizarre, but also I imagine <laughs> makes people laugh when they think about it. Right. So, so the example you, you were um, bringing to mind is of Jeremy Bentham. He was a, a utilitarian philosopher. He's often... Um, mentioned as the so-called spiritual founder of University College London. He wasn't actually one of the founders, but some of his ideas seem to have influenced the actual founders. And so I was a student there many years ago. Uh, I was always told to think of him as the kind of spiritual founder of the university. Now, anyway, when you go there these days, you can see um, the sort of mummified body of Jeremy Bentham still wearing his clothes. And um, his real head isn't there. It's a wax, sort of wax head in place of his real head, but the rest of it's his real body. Uh, legend is they drag him into meetings once a year 
um, and he has a vote on certain <laughs> important matters. I'm not sure if that's quite true. Another legend is that so there's a rival university around the corner in London called King's College London, and you know the the it may be a rumor, it may be fact. I'm not sure, but legend has it that the some students at King's College London broke in and stole. Uh, Bentham's head many years ago and even played football with it along the Strand in London and then demanded a ransom in order to give it back. Um, and, and I think, <laughs> sorry, please. No, I'm just like, I mean, I listen to that story and I think that I don't even, is, is that mischievous or just completely plain bizarre? <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly bizarre. And um, I just, but I think it's, it's one of those, I, I used it as an example at the beginning because I think partly because it's amusing um, and partly because, and as you say, bizarre, it gets people hooked. But also I think it's a nice instance of, you know, nobody's really harmed, right? There's nothing mean-spirited about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's no, I mean, some damage to the head of Bentham perhaps, but, you know, there's no <laughs> holding it ransom and uh, and then giving it back again is not, you, think, you know, it's not causing anything. Do you think mischievous belongs to a certain age group? I mean, you talk about students and <clears throat> that kind of thing. Is could people in their fifties and sixties be mischievous as well in seventies and eighties? I'd like to think so. Um, and I could take another example from from the article. So there's a story about the um, a figure in uh, Chinese Buddhism about the monk called Budai, and he's known for his pranks and mischief. And what he's said to have done is sort of as he's as he's dying in old age, knowing he'd be cremated, stuffed his pockets with um, gunpowder and fireworks so that sort of explode on the funeral pyre and this and his followers would be sort of amazed and shocked to burst out like into fireworks <laughs> exactly and so you know this is this is mischief right until the very end of life <laughs> yeah. i think it might you mentioned earlier I mean, kind of stressful lives and this we're anxious in various ways it might be that you know you associate mischief with children you also said it might be that we're sort of naturally mischievous and light-hearted and playful and that gets maybe drummed out of us uh, grow up, and maybe we should try to keep something of the mischievous spirit. Absolutely, uh, Dr. Moran. You know, one of the things that you do yeah. write about is that possibly a mischievous, which requires humour and wit and um, a deep knowledge of who we are, may also be at the root of science. That it could be considered as something which helps us uh, in in how we work in scientific uh, frameworks as well. Absolutely, I think that's in at least two respects. So one is the historical point that, that you can trace a lot of, uh, sort of science and philosophy back to, to ancient Greece and back to Socrates and his style of kind of questioning, but definitely had a mischievous element. So he liked to kind of poke fun at various authority figures in Athens and sort of undermine their authority with challenging questions. We call this the Socratic method. We wouldn't have a lot of sort of science and art and philosophy if it weren't for that. But secondly, and perhaps more importantly, I think, it, to be mischievous in part is to be prepared to challenge authority. You have to be sort of willing to get in trouble. Right? Um, and I think that's also essential to uh, to the advance of science and, and, and philosophy. You have to be prepared to challenge received opinions uh, existing yeah. of authority. And I think without that, you know, there's no real progress. I mean, the idea that you have to be willing to get into trouble is so interesting because, in fact, one of our listeners has written uh, a WhatsApp to say, but unfortunately, um, nowadays, with um, all PC and people's rights, uh, people quickly become offended. And so those who are mischievous often become targets for legal action, even if they're critical thinkers. 
and I suppose you're right, is that you have to be willing to get into trouble as a, a mischievous thinker. Well, absolutely. And I think this is where the distinction, or maybe this is where keeping in mind that mischief is, as it were, um, as you put it very nicely, it's not mean-spirited. So if people are sort of taking offense at something that's not mean-spirited, well, there's there's something going wrong there, right? Mm. Um, you know, if, if, if the goal is... If everyone's goal is not to be mean-spirited, but just to explore and to uh, try to sort of um, push the boundaries a little, then, then perhaps offence is the wrong thing uh, for people to be taking. Um, Alex, I think but, you've um, left us with some great food for thought, and certainly it's made me feel like I need to go out and start practicing my mischievous activities. Oh, well, please do. <laughs> <laughs> not quite sure how that's going to pan out. But I'm pretty well, sure that I can uh, make a plan. And I'm sure many of our listeners can as well. Very so, good. So thank you That's so it. much for giving us some. Oh, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Dr. Alex Moran, he's a Leverholm Early Career Research Fellow. And uh, he's at the Faculty of Philosophy at the University of Oxford. The article was on Business Live, www.businesslive.co.za. A fabulous opinion piece in solemn praise of mischief. Maybe you've uh, been someone who over time has been mischievous. Maybe you um, played tricks which were, as we mentioned, not mean-spirited but uh, had a delight. But also maybe you were willing to get into trouble to make people aware of uh, certain ideas through a sense of humour and a sense of comedy. We'd love to hear from you and uh, see what you think. We'd also love to hear from you with regards to those big fat juices. Keep them coming. Some lovely choices coming in. How do you do it? You can SMS us on 41391. SMS rates apply. So songs that are going to make your Sunday morning feel like uh, you have to just take a deep breath. Also, you're welcome to uh, WhatsApp us on 0614104107. 0614104107. We love to hear your voice, so do it as a voice note if you can. And don't forget to give us your name as well. And then, of course, you can go onto the studio line, which is 086 2032. Or indeed, you can even follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM JSB, or at Mish Constant. David Smith tweeting and saying, Waking up to find we're in stage six put me in a foul mood. Then I turned on the radio, SAFM, and I felt so much better. Well, we're delighted to hear that.